your upcoming host, Curtis Sliwa. So, Curtis, we know the city council just overrode Mayor Adams' veto concerning some bills that concern the New York City cops, and you accurately predicted that would be a total blowout, sort of a rebuke of Adams concerning the How Many Stops bill. But did you see this video of cops being attacked by migrants in Times Square? And can you give us some insight on what's going on there? Uh, Why don't you give a little more specificity, uh, James Flippin, that in fact I had predicted the vote before the vote was taken would be 41 to uh, 8. You said 41 to 8. which it turned out to be 42 and 9. Yeah, you said it would be 41 to 8. It actually was 42 to 9. I misidentified your prediction as 41 to 18, yes. so I apologize for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, right on it, man. You said it would be 41 to 8. It was 42 to 9. I'm going to go into it this hour of Rip and Read, but this mayor is such a fraud. Such a, He couldn't even change one vote of seven who had abstained. We're not even talking about the ones who... There's so much bogus information. I'm going to tear it apart, but let's go to the gang assault. Hey, did the missing in action, out-of-town police commissioner Eddie Caban mention the fact that a Venezuelan street gang beat the hell out of his two cops in Times Square and were released by Alvin Gregg? Released, not even charged with gang assault. Did he mention that? Of course not. Uh, I don't think so. No, I mean, and I haven't. What makes you say they're a gang? Well, of course. If they, All you got to do is walk down 42nd Street to Deuce from 7th to 8th. Try it on your way out to Bucolic Bloomfield in Essex County. And you will pass by the Milford Plaza. Remember the Milford Plaza, the commercials? Come on and have a holiday. Hey, by the way, let's see, uh, wrong way, Lou Rafino, if you can find the old Milford Plaza commercials that all the tourists used to watch after Joe Franklin show on the Super... Here it is. I'll take you to... The Milford Plaza Hotel with cocktail, dinner, and breakfast for $43 per person. Discover why we are the lullaby of Broadway. The Milford Plaza is the lullaby of Broadway. And it was just about ready to go bankrupt when all of a sudden it became New York Row and LLC. And we paid $400 a night to house these Venezuelan gangbangers who almost killed two cops out in the street. Now... The reason I call him a gang is ever since uh, Eric Adams rolled out the red carpet for him and they came here, they've been hanging out in the deuce and they've been starting to deal all kinds of drugs. But the problem is African-American drug dealers already there from Brooklyn, the Bronx and Newark. And they're like, yo, this is our turf, man. You, you go back to your country. So what do all groups do? They form gangs. That's how MS-13 got started. They didn't start in El Salvador because of the Civil War there. No, they started in L.A. when they migrated to L.A. because the Mexican gangs were beating up El Salvadorians who were smaller. And they said, no, man, we're vatos, we're cholos. And now, look, they became the strongest street gang because they not only brutalize other gangs, they brutalize their own people. This is the history of gangs. So... You could have predicted this. The Venezuelans have now formed gangs. They're hustling and shaking down people in parking lots of Home Depot. They're going into business establishments like Birdolf Goodman's and, and uh, also uh, Bloomingdale's and trying to shoplift in mass. Uh, they're pickpocketing. They're jostling. They're dealing drugs. They're selling their own women. 
prostituting them right in Times Square. And notice, they commit crimes, and all of a sudden they find out they're illegal aliens. One of these guys had been arrested twice before. They cut him loose. See, if you're an illegal alien, there are no ramifications in New York City because, remember, your guests of Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens. You can't arrest me. I'm the friend of the mayor. He invited me here. It's just like out of Scarface, you remember? The Mariolitos, remember? Eh, I am a political prisoner. I am here for democracy. What a ripoff. Hey, by the way, did uh, the cops uh, talk about uh, their two cops getting beaten up? Uh, I'm not sure if the, if Caban uh, addressed that specifically. I don't think he did, but, you know, maybe, uh, certainly possible. But I have to say, it sounds like, you know, this term illegal aliens, that's a little xenophobic, isn't it? I thought we said migrants nowadays. No, no. You say migrants. You say undocumented aliens. You say asylum seekers. And I say what they actually are. Illegal aliens. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to one of the most iconic stations in the nation. An American original. Talk Radio 77. WABC at WABCRadio.com. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. When you're a jet, you're a jet. All your first cigarette to your last dying day. When you're a jet, let them do what they can. You got brothers around. You're a family man. You're never alone. You're never disconnected. You're home with your own. When companies expect it, you're well protected. Then you are set with the capital J, which you'll never forget till they cart you away. When you're a jet, you stay a jet. Jet Sharks, West Side Story. The battles between the white ethnic gangs and the Puerto Ricanos, who were sharks, uh, as they lived on San Juan Hill, eventually bulldozed urban renewal, Robert Moses, the great builder, and he put in its place Lincoln Center. And uh, this song is one of many songs of the great musical West Side Story, Leonard Bernstein, the conductor, musical uh, creator. And Cheetah Rivera, who just passed away at 91, one of the great starlets, singing that song, America, in West Side Story, where everything is free, come to America. Except uh, they were talking about Puerto Ricanos, Puerto Ricans, who are Americans by birth, whether they're on the mainland or they're in the Commonwealth, wherever. They're Americans by birth. Nowadays, if that song were written, it would be considered, uh, it would be considered xenophobic and racist. 
But a great song, great talented performer, Cheetah Rivera. I'll do a retrospective on Cheetah Rivera on the other side of midnight, the best side of midnight on the weekends when I take you to the break of dawn. But for right now, we're going to we're gonna go to my sweet spot. And I'm an expert on everything having to do with gangs. I have had battles and wars with gangs all over the world in organizing Guardian Angels in 13 countries, 130 cities. In fact, we'll be celebrating our 45th anniversary when I started it up in the Bronx in the heyday of the street gangs, Savage Skulls, Savage Nomads, Black Spades. I can just run them all down. 1979, February 13th. Right at the time that the Warriors movie hit, the Paramount classic has become a cult classic, talking about gangs on the subways of New York. So I got the bona fides. I got the credibility. And you saw a video that's been played over and over again, and rightfully so. It's gone viral internationally of a bunch of Venezuelan uh, young thugs, now gangbangers, who basically think they can take over the Deuce, 42nd Street between 7th and 8th, and then up 8th Avenue to about uh, where the Watson Hotel is. It's like 57th as you move over to 9th. Because they are housed in most of those hotels, courtesy of the sucker taxpayers, us in New York City, and the person who rolled out the red carpet for them, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens. You see in that video exactly what these... uh, uh, military age young men of many, excuse me, of Venezuela with nothing to do and nowhere to go, that we subsidize morning, noon, and night with iPhones and smartphones and health insurance and culturally appropriate food. And they stay at the venerable Milford Plaza. Milford Plaza, that has been renamed New York Row. They're in a whole series of hotels there. They hang out all day. And basically do nothing but mooch off our money and now have developed a criminal enterprise. And we're seeing it pop up its evil head everywhere. They bum-rushed into Bloomingdale's, 15 of them, like uh, buzzards uh, and vultures, like locusts through a cornfield. And they were snatching up designer glasses. They've gone pickpocketing, jostling in the West Village. Uh, And they know that even if they get arrested, there are no consequences because in Eric Adams, city of New York, it is a sanctuary city uh, and they are untouchables. Uh, ICE is never called in. La Migra Immigration and Naturalization Service because they could uh, they could apprehend them and then process them for potential deportment uh, back to their country of origin. But that is never going to happen in New York State. Kathy uh, Hochul cradles them, she says, oh, hugs for thugs. Eric Adams, if you're an illegal alien thug, oh, hugs for thugs. So while the police were doing a tap dance this morning, oh, you're so much safer in New York City. These guys, I mean, they must really think we're all stunat and stupid. When this video viral is running over and over and over of an attack against two police officers in uniform in Times Square that were trying to herd these Venezuelan gangbangers away from a potential confrontation because they've gotten bold, they've gotten brazen. When they first move in at taxpayers' expense to the Milford Plaza, $400 a night, they spot an opportunity to deal drugs, weed and all other kind of drugs. 
and to sell some of the young ladies and young men. Hey, there's some guys cruising in that area, man. They don't care. Man, transgender woman, they're out to have a good time. And so now they want to take over that turf, which originally was dominated by African-American males and some females, mostly from Brooklyn and the Bronx, but a lot who come in from Newark each and every day because the pickings are slim out in Newark. Pickings are real good in Times Square, the gateway to the world. So the the Venezuelan gangbangers, they're flexing. They want to establish their cred, beat up a few cops, and obviously because they're illegal aliens, nothing's going to happen to them. Nothing. They were arrested on assault charges and turned loose. Turned loose. Not gang assault, which is a much more serious charge. And when you look at that video, it's everything that defines what gang assault is. One of these guys actually had been busted previously while going in and stealing stuff from Nordstrom's and attacking one of the employees. He gets arrested, released. Then all of a sudden, he punches and tries to hit uh, one of the security officers in Macy's as he's trying to get away with stolen items. A second arrest. This is the third arrest. And guess what? He's walking the streets again because he's a Venezuelan illegal alien. He is an untouchable. Courtesy of Eric Adams, who still pretends to be the law and order mayor. But if anything happens that involves an illegal alien... You can't do nothing to them. Again, I'm going to state to you what happens. The Milford Plaza is now a breeding ground of Venezuelan gangbangers, drug dealers, and pimps selling some of their women, their men, and their transgenders. The police officers are not allowed in from the nearby precinct. They are told patrol on the outside do not go into the Milford Plaza. That is true for other migrant centers. Uh, over at the Roosevelt Hotel, police officers are not permitted to go in. All you got to do is talk to the cops. They assign two in uniform to patrol, just like you saw in that video. And I'm telling you that they're going to get bolder and more brazen. These Venezuelan gangbangers that Eric Adams invited into our city with no enforcement whatsoever now head out each morning and they go to nearby Home Depots that have parking lots. And I've described this before. And they go up and they see a woman with children or an older woman with her grandchildren or a bunch of women coming out of Home Depot or it could be Target or wherever there's a parking lot. And then they say, oh, I'll carry it. I'll carry it. I'll carry the bags. They learn a few English words. I'll carry it. And then they almost like forcibly grab the bag out of your hand and won't give it back when they walk you to your car until you give them a gratuity a tip. Almost like you see in Times Square. From those nudistas, the women who have no clothes on, you know, who just paint themselves red and blue, and all those cartoon characters and superheroes. You need to know they're all illegal aliens. They live in Passaic. They come in each and every day on a Port Authority bus, and they shake people down. They force them to give them money, and we allow that to happen. Now, you don't think the Venezuelans saw that? You don't think the Venezuelans, while hanging out in Times Square, saw that there are no consequences as they saw Americans going in and out of Dwayne Reed, walking out with bagfuls of, of, of merchandise, shoplifting, and they talk in their own language, Spanish amongst one another. Wow, isn't it great to be in America? You get to walk into a store, take whatever you want. And even if you happen to get arrested, because all you got to do is say, asylum seeker, oh, untouchable. So I don't want to hear this whining and crying 
And the cops, Eddie Caban, right? Well, well what are you going to do? Well, you're going to forcibly now go after these Venezuelan gangbangers? The answer is they are not. They are untouchables. Look at the other case. Randall's Island. The Venezuelan gangs basically run the tent. Like, like gangbangers run Rikers Island. So you walk into that tent in Randall's Island, the Venezuelan gangs rule. They got their shivs. They got their weapons stuffed underneath their mattress. You notice how they had a battle with one another in the cafeteria over a young lady. They started fighting. They pulled out knives. One guy got shivved like 24 times. And now, as one of them's been indicted for that, we find out that he tells the security officer, oh, let me do him in. Let me finish him right in front of him. A lot of these guys are vicious marauders who were released by Maduro in Venezuela because he didn't want to have to deal with gangs in his uh, country or potential insurgents, those that might be dissidents that would pick up weapons and pose a threat to him, which are usually young adult males with high levels of testosterone crashing through your cranium who want a gun because that's a phallic symbol. Oh, I got to have a gun. And this is how MS-13 started, now the most vicious street gang in America. And a lot of people don't know this. They think, oh, these gangs start in their country of origin. No, no, no. MS-13 did not start in El Salvador during the Civil War. MS-13 started in Los Angeles when the El Salvadorians left El Salvador. They settled in the ramparts, and immediately they were preyed upon by Mexican gangs that were bigger and badder. So they did what every group has ever done in the history uh, of America, form a gang. And in forming a gang, they said, oh, we're going to protect our own. And initially they did. And then they shook down their own. And then they brutalized their own. And now they're on the move all throughout America, MS-13. That's how they started. The Trinitarios, which is a Dominican gang. I know, I know, Richard Adebayo, you think they started in the Dominican Republic. No. They started in Washington Heights. They spread to Patterson in the South Bronx. And then they migrated back to the island, Dominican Republic. And now they got Trinitarios there. Same reason. They were being preyed upon by the Puerto Rican gangs at that time. And they said, we have to form our own gangs. The first one were the ball busters. So you got to understand how these gangs form. And the police department of the city of New York is not even protecting its own. There is one thing that must be given back to cops all cops, when they're walking a beat, nightsticks. Where are the nightsticks? Hey, hey, Eric Adams, you like to talk about when you were a cop. You were a house mouse, right? You were in a precinct. In fact, you said when you were a transit cop, you were a computer program, a programmer taking information in the data center and transferring it from paper to floppy disk. But they gave you a nightstick. Cops had nightsticks. You pulled out that nightstick, everybody knew, even if they didn't speak English, you meant business. And all those two cops would have had to do if they had nightsticks, hit them in the shins, hit them in the kneecaps. They might have been able to hobble away or hop away maybe a half a block or a block, and they would have went down for the count. You got to train them to use nightsticks. I know what it's like to get hit with a nightstick. That's like a wooden shampoo. Bam! They ain't going nowhere. And they'd be muttering to one another in Spanish, yo, 5-0, Police, 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 man. They see that. They see that nightstick come out. They know. Back off. And, and basically the cops are expanding approval. Look at how those cops got beat down, stomped on. 
Did the mayor say anything about that today, huh, Rico Radovan? No, because he would have to attack his very dear friend, Alvin Bragg. It's a lip lock. What a fake, phony, fraudulent mayor. Yeah, he stands up for the cops. Two cops got their ass kicked in Times Square. They haven't done any retaliation, none whatsoever. Haven't sent the special tactical force, the SRG, right there, 42nd Street between 10th and 11th. Nope. You would think Eric Adams would say, yeah, let's let's give the cops nightsticks because I invited in these marauders who have now formed a street gang, the Venezuelans, who are attacking police officers. You think he cares about them? No. And why isn't he attacking Alvin Bragg, who released them on their own recognizance? Didn't charge him with gang assault. Released them on their own recognizance. So you want to believe this propaganda about law and order Mayor Eric Adams? He won't even defend his own cops. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. Why is everybody always picking on me? That's him on his knees. I know that's him. Getting seven come eleven down in the boys' gym. Everybody always picking on me. The Eric Adams uh, theme song in full effect. Why is everyone always picking on me? Because you are an ineffective mayor. You're incompetent. And you can't even sit down behind a desk and function as an administrator. It's got to be a photo op, a ribbon cutting. It's got to be going to a restaurant or a bar to the break of dawn, getting free booze. And free food, because that's all he knows what to do, is operate like a glorified borough president, which after two years is exactly what he is. So enough of the music, and let's get down to brass tacks. Uh, quite frankly, there's no other way to describe it. He got his ass kicked in city council yesterday by Adrian Adams, the speaker of the city council, and Jumani Williams. When this uh, bill that they all refer to as the cop stops bill, and he put far too much time into talking about it. When it first came up for a vote, uh, he got whipped. And then he said, I'm going to veto it. And that was good. And then he had a few weeks to lobby council people to back him up uh, to make sure that they did not override the veto. They didn't just not back him up. Uh, they actually voted more to override the veto than they had originally voted to actually accept this cop stops bill veto. A humiliating defeat. And all in all, he's come up with a million excuses. First off, yesterday he decided to tell you that when he did one thing with the council that was a waste of time, took him on what he called the ride-alongs with the NYPD in the 28th Precinct in Harlem on Saturday night, two days before the actual vote. This is how he passionately described it. And many of them, um, after the ride-along, pulled me over and stated this was a real eye-opener. Really? 
<laughs> First off, let me explain to you what a fake, phony, fraudulent ride-along it was. Because the media just protects Eric Adams. His complexion is his protection. A standard ride-along is you have two police officers in a marked squad car. And you sit in the back. And you're part of the ride-along. Now, they give you a bulletproof vest that is, is really ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. Ride-alongs never used to have bulletproof vests, but now, oh, in order to be, uh, to make sure that everyone is safe and secure. Wusses. But anyway, so they all have bulletproof vests, and instead of riding along with a different uh, team of police officers in their squad cars, uh, Rico Radabali, they took all the Yenta politicians who, like, were just talking nonstop to one another. Oh, take my photo. Press here. Take my photo. Oh, look, I'm wearing the bulletproof vest. Ooh. And they put them all in one police van. Then they put all the cops following them in another police van. Then they put all the press in another police van. And they basically rode around real slow in the streets of Harlem. That's not a ride-along. And then, oh, oh, he said, oh, it such, can I hear that cut again? Please play that that first cut again, Wrong Way, Lou Rufino. How it was such an eye-opener to them. And many of them, um, after the ride-along, uh, pulled me over and stated this was a real eye-opener. Yeah, you know what they stated after the vote, after he got his butt kicked? And these are his friends and his foes in the city council because, you know, I got rats. I got rats in city hall. I got rats in council. There are so many people willing to give up information about Eric Adams because, they you know, he's a flim-flam man. He's a flim-flam man. They said if the mayor couldn't take 10 minutes out of his day to call members, they wondered how serious he was about this endeavor. He never picked up the phone. He never called individual council members or even invited them into his office that he's never in at City Hall and say, hey, let's sit down. Just you and me, no staff members. You tell me what you need in your district. I have discretionary funds as mayor. Adrian Adams, the speaker, has discretionary funds. Whatever she's offered you to vote against me, I'll, I'll double the dollars. Right? Right, Rico? That's what you do. Tell me what she offered you in discretionary funds for your district, and I'll double the dollars. I'll double the capital improvement dollars. I'll make you a hero in your district. He never did that. All he was interested in doing was styling and profiling, photo op with a freaking bulletproof vest on that he claimed, oh, for 22 years I wore a bulletproof vest. What, is it a house mouse? What, was somebody going to come in the precinct when you were hiding behind the desk doing paperwork and shoot you? Stop it. And then he went on to say, oh, these are all my homeboys and homegirls. You know, it was clear to me uh, that, you know, many of them, uh, you know, grew up watching me. (laughs) Many of them would tell you, you know, as it was just said by J.R., Jamani said, this is, you know, this is who Eric is. Uh, Many of these council people who are in office right now, uh, you know, I knew Sabina Brooks Powers when she was in the Senate. Uh, They've watched me. They know what I stand for. Yeah, they know that you're a freaking liar and you can't be trusted because they all voted against you. And in fact, so much so that Jumani Williams, he has no fear of you. Listen to what he recently said about Eric Adams that I've been saying for months. It's absurd. I, I will say I live in Brooklyn with my wife and kids. And my understanding, the mayor lives in New Jersey with his girlfriend. So it's uh, funny for him to 
uh, try to say something like that to me. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's got a lot of respect for you. He knows he can take you out, Eric Adams. I know, hey, City Hall's listening now. One Police Plaza, they listen. They have a Curtis Lee listening desk. That's right, he he knows. He's vulnerable. They know. I'm going to get to the end of it, but they know he's going to be potentially indicted and out of office, and they don't fear the mayor anymore. Nobody fears him. And then he went on. And yeah, yeah, he went on, but one of the reporters said, enough of this nonsense, enough of this propaganda. Oh, so let's peel back the layers. Uh, the, the first thing is that I don't believe that the city council is asking for level one stops when Officer Lee is looking for someone's mother with dementia. I don't believe that's what they want. They want to see level one stops that escalates to a level two and a level three. I believe that's what they want. They want to make sure those types of stops are documented. Apparently not, because they won't compromise. They think all stops need to be documented, or all encounters, I should say. Yeah, no, yeah, and, they, and they're right there. And they're right there. It's all stops. Come on, stop this not- nonsense, I believe. I can pick up the freaking phone and talk to them. Again, let me tell you what council members who voted down Eric Adams yesterday, both those who voted with him and against him, said. Why can't the mayor just take 10 minutes out of his day to call members? I'm wondering how serious he is about this. He never spent any time talking to any of the members He's a fake, phony, fraudulent fugazi, and too many of you, oh, he's law and order. I'm listening to the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion. They might as well anoint him, you know, law and order man of the year. Have they walked in the streets? Are they out there? Have they seen how bad it is in the subways? Are people freaking out of their minds? Who out there says that the city is safer, huh? And then uh, and Mayor Adams was talking about his very dear friends in the city council who shot him down. Why should a councilman get a break for an illegal tent, potentially having plates that are from Georgia when he lives here, when a member of the public who isn't a councilman doesn't get a break? Well, I don't, I don't know if the officer stopped him because he had plates from Georgia. Uh, of my understanding, he stopped him because they were, the windows were tinted darker than, than they were. Now, now, Yusef Salam. Part of the Central Park Five, exonerated Central Park Five, now councilman, now head of public safety, was stopped by the officers because he had Georgia plates. Well, why would he have Georgia plates uh, and tinted windows to excess? He should have been written a ticket. He should have been given a ticket. Come on. He can't even say that. And so he was confronted. Did this officer look the other way because he said he was a city councilman, meaning Yusef is Sulam? You said look the other way. He did not look the other way. He did the necessary stop. And like I said, I've done that many times in my policing career. I would find someone with a broken taillight and I was uh, pull them over, for example. I see they're with their family. Um, they may be going some somewhere. I can see that the family may look a little, uh, you know, tra- traumatized. Being stopped by a police vehicle could be traumatized. Oh, stop this, traumatized. Cops are writing up tickets at the end of every month to make their quotas, right? <laughs> Sucker hardworking people that you tax from the cradle to the grave. You don't consider their trauma, do you? When the cops are told at the precincts, hey, pal, you got uh, five days left. 
Got a lot of tickets, uh, you know, parking ticket a day and a moving violation will keep the Sarge away. Oh, they're not traumatized? Stop this nonsense. Stop it. And then he says this is all this is all about being the mayor and not his reelection prospect. This is not about a reelection. This is about protection. Yeah, because his complexion is his protection. I want you to play that one more time, wrong way, Lou Rufino. This is not about a reelection. This is about protection. Yeah, your complexion is your protection. And let me tell you what this real, is really about. The city council, Jumani Williams, public advocate, and Victor over Eric Adams, the speaker Adams, know that he is a wounded mayor. They know that his very dear friend, uh, Eric Ulrich, is going on trial in February. And that the preponderance of evidence will be against Eric Adams' corruptive ways of raising money. He knows that many of these people are already cooperating with the U.S. Attorney of the Eastern District. They all know that. And they know that he may fall from grace, that he may have to resign rather than face serious federal charges. So right now, nobody is frightened of Eric Adams. Nobody. They all think they could be mayor, right? Chumani Williams told them off. Adrian Adams, who's the speaker, she's taking a victory lap. Like, I got that. There are city council members who think that they could be the next mayor, right? And then you got that, that Sfacin, that Skifosa, Andrew Evilized Cuomo, who destroyed the state of New York. And then now he's saying, well, I could be mayor. Well, guess what? Let me, let me give you a rude awakening. The road to being mayor is going to have to go through Curtis Schlewa. And Rico Radabali, I heard Greg Kelly the other day, too. Oh, uh, you know, I, I may be running. Yeah, yeah, Andrew Giuliani, I may be running. Yeah, line up. Let's get in the pit. Studio 77, let's get in on. I love to get in the ring and debate. Remember a guy named Fernando Mateo? Bam! Knocked him out in the first round. Because I'm like Mike Tyson in the ring politically. I don't give you room to breathe. So come on, bring it all on. We all know Eric Adams is going to be going to the Hooskow. He ain't going to the White House on Pennsylvania Avenue, 1600, as he originally thought. Oh, I'll be the second black president. He's going to the big house in chains and shackles for political corruption. Eric Ulrich will take him down and so many other of his sickle fans, toadies and lackeys. And they all know that. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. Uh, fresh off of his uh, mini uh, Left versus Right with yours truly talking Swazi and Mozzie. And I've been informed we will have a debate. Just came off the presses, just so you know, Swazi versus Mazi on February 8th, Channel 12 at 8 o'clock. So we got a debate. But let's get into uh, the mayor and his loss yesterday to Adrian Adams, the speaker, and Jumani Williams, the public advocate, and essentially Yusuf uh, Salam also in uh, city council chambers. Yeah, well, listen, I mean, we're going to talk about this a lot on, on the middle with Anthony Weiner. We're on on Saturdays from 2 to 4. And then 
The real question is, are you and I going to get a chance to debate this at 4 o'clock, or is it going to be me and John Katzmatidis again? But i got to tell you, look, Eric Adams lost this one, but he was on the right side. I've been listening to you all day rip Eric Adams. He was the one that was against this new reporting requirement. He was against the elimination of solitary confinement. I think Eric Adams is the new thin blue line against our out-of-control city council. I think you're putting the criticism in the wrong place. What? You said thin blue line? It's yeah. very thin. <laughs> by the way, uh, I was talking also about the gang attack against the two cops by the Venezuelans uh, in uh, Times Square. I noticed he hasn't condemned his very dear friend Alvin Bragg for releasing them. Right. He t- I Listen, he totally should. This is what you're going to start to see. And when I ran for mayor, I knew I was going to have to do this. You're running for mayor at some point in the future. You're going to have to do this. You've got to triangulate against the bad guys in the city, even if they're your colleagues. The city council, the district attorneys, if Eric Adams is going to get reelected, it's going to be because he seems like the voice of wisdom, just like, you know, to pick an example, uh, Bill Clinton did in the days that he got reelected and Barack Obama when he got reelected. You've got to triangulate against the bad guys in the city and and for those guys to have been let loose. Without without being held on charges was outrageous. All right, but you've been a member of city council, and I don't know the internal mechanism of what went on with you, but I know in the past from people I've heard, both the mayors I didn't like and mayors I liked, that there were times they would take an individual city council person, sit down, and basically say, what can I do for you in your district? I really need your vote on this issue. Yeah, but ultimately, a strong speaker is where you as an individual council member gets your leverage. If you weaken the speaker, then you need them later on to stand up for some council priority. Listen, the problem with the city council is it was far to the left of the general masses in our city today. I'm a type of Democrat that was more moderate. I would support people like Peter Vallone and Ed Koch. And I even voted with Rudy a bunch of times when I was in the city council. Nowadays, these guys are all posturing as far left as they can. I'm not so sure that these two bills are going to be that terrible, by the way. It's going to get to be administered by the mayor. If the mayor wants to water it down, some he'll have plenty of opportunities well, to do it. Well, the worst part of it is for the correctional officers, when they put you on a bus to come into your court hearing, you'll no longer be cuffed. So you can imagine 30 guys who hate one another on the rock now in a bus like kids going to school with no handcuffs. But anyway, I need to know who, who is going to be in the box this Saturday? Anthony! Well, I'll I'll certainly be in in there. Anthony Weiner will be in there. Will John Katz, please be back for round five. I think I beat him last week. Or will you be in for your second round? One way or the other, I'm ready, babe. You know, I always get the text early Saturday morning. <laughs> stay, stay, whatever you're doing. Stay where you are. I really think John Matitis loves tangling with you so much so that I don't ever think he's going to let me back in the ring with you left versus <laughs> right on Saturdays. He's certainly enjoying it. So am I. I don't know if I'm holding my own, but I'm doing the best I can. It's Anthony Weiner. I'm kind of the center, and he's the right. 